I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Welcome to Fever FM. Tonight we're talking the A-League men's team playing against Brisbane and the women's team playing Perth. Uh, I'm joined by Dale, Dave and Cam. How are we all, peeps? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, buddy. Adequate. Yeah, Adequate. <laughs> <laughs> Living that dream there, Dale. Yeah. Uh, should we just jump straight into it? Uh, what is a bit of a... Um, I wouldn't. I don't want to call it a must-win, but certainly an important game for the rest of the season against someone at a similar level on the table, but on a bit of a hot streak. Um, Brisbane, I think, five games unbeaten, but they had had a tough wee trip back from Perth midweek, I believe. Um, gents, did we actually talk about predictions and scores last week? I don't think we did, actually. I wasn't here, so I didn't. Well, yeah, it's probably just as useful, to be honest, Dave. Um, mm. So, uh, starting 11, uh, Mr. Wooten was out. Uh, Laws and Payne in the centre, uh, and Sam Sutton back on the bench. Um, uh, how big a loss did you guys think that um, not having Wooten there to start was? I was, I was somewhat worried. Me, me, me too. It's never um, great when you're starting centre back. Um, who's got so much experience, goes out, I think, the day of the game, I think, or was it? Maybe the day before. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, Laws didn't been in there and, and did, yeah, reasonably okay. And he's done that a few times, I think, this season. Um, he's filled in, you know, adequately. But I think in the whole of the game, you know, Brisbane created, you know, a couple of pretty good chances and a lot down that kind of left channel as well. Mm. Um, so mm. I'm not sure if it's him or Moragas or a bit of both. But, yeah, they, they did create a couple of chances. Um, that on another day we would have probably conceded. Well, that's kind of Brisbane's MO, isn't it? They they concede a, a few chances. They've got some quality up top, um, but mainly they just don't concede any. Um, did we did we anticipate that we this was going to be a bit of a high scoring game at any time? Because I I looked at that one and just went, this has got nil all draw written on it. Well, I say I disagree because we've been scoring goals for fun this season, and. Uh, since scoring has never has never been our issue, our biggest problem only it's only been a problem once, and that was against Sydney in the last game, um, where red cards were a uh, telling factor. Um, so no, I I anticipated that we would score and Brisbane wouldn't, and I uh, or they would struggle to. So we might get a couple, and they would get zero or one. So I didn't think this was going to be a nil all at any stage. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked nil all. As as Cam says, we've been scoring a fair few goals, but um, I think also we're not the most solid at the back. And you take Wooten out of the equa- occasion as uh, the equation as well, and the chance of us conceding just just go up, right? I mean, Laws is no mug; he can step in there, he can certainly do a job at this level. But is he the same presence that Wooten's been? No. Um, so uh, yeah, it didn't look like nil all to me, but I I certainly would have thought this is one that could go either way. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned last week, I think I was concerned that Krajev wasn't going to be there and, and the ability to, to break down Brisbane, who sort of pack the pack the box would be much more challenging yeah. uh, without him. I think we probably saw that. I think we probably didn't have quite enough different points of attack without him there. I think um, 
you know, where we had quite create a few chances. Um, they were kind of quite few and far between, really. Hmm. Um, we should uh, probably give a bit of, as you mentioned, Dale, there was a, uh, a bit of uh, good play going forward for Brisbane. Um, Lucinich and who was the other player down that left side? Amiento? No, it no. might have been. Well, uh, certainly Danzaki made a, uh, mm. was making a nuisance of himself early doors. Um, it looked like it was going to be a bit of a to and fro for the first few minutes. Um, so it was that first, like, was it second minute with the ball over the top that uh, Milunuzic had a, got in behind, I think, sort of Laws missed, missed his run and he kind of got on through and mm. had a first time shot low down and Oli Sale did an excellent save to deny him. Um, which I think, you know, with these kind of tight games, it's quite an important thing to do because once you, you know, play a defensive side who go ahead, um, it's even, you know, you play, you play even more defensive, it's harder to break them down. Um, so kind of a lucky break, I suppose, um, that, that didn't, you know, come to anything. Yeah, we also got a bit of a lucky break with that offside as well. Yeah, that wasn't long after. And, you know, it was a pretty pretty tidy ball, tidy finish, but it was offside only just. It was, yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very tight call in my opinion. But, yeah, I think I think we rode our luck a little. Yeah, half a boot with it, by my reckoning. It was, she was pretty tight. Um, anyone disagree that it was offside? No, of course not. Wearing yellow and black. Cam's literally wearing yellow and black at the moment. It was wearing yellow. No, no. Wearing white and black. Well, it gets a bit of yellow. Yeah. Um, there was. I was a bit concerned at the beginning of this until we we started exerting a bit of dominance. But Brisbane showed how compact and determined they are on that defence. Yeah, they kind of made us play, but um, U-shaped. You know, like going out one side, going out to the left channel, tucking back in, going along the centre backs, going out the right channel, and doing a lot of you know our passing. You know distribution is sort of quite U-shaped and not much going down the middle. When we did go down the middle, it, we just found far too many people there and we ended up losing it um, quite quite easily. Um, so we, I think we found it quite difficult to, to break them down, but we had you know lots of position, lots of sort of control of the game, but no kind of you know penetration to, to get in behind, except, of course, that's a wider chance that was quite early on. Oof, yeah. Um he obviously wears different boots, alternate games, because that was another one where he really should have done better. Do you think there's a little bit of like a, a brocky about him or something in terms of, you know, can't score the yeah. easy ones, can only score the, the tough chances or something? Because, I mean, honestly, like lots of the runs he makes, lots of the positions he gets into, he should be scoring, you know, twice as many goals, three times as many goals, and he just doesn't seem to be able to finish some of the ones that you'd think would be bread and butter. But then when he does score them, they're actually decent goals. And, yeah. it, and it's not like he's not doing the work the rest of the time. He does seem to be working pretty hard. Um, I think particularly in this one, it was noticeable without um, Krayev there also doing the work around him. It was more noticeable how much Zawada was having to do to kind of get into some space and create something. I think that's probably a good call about Brocky. He certainly, it's the, it's the 50-50s he scores, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he certainly hasn't scored any wonder volleys yet, um, like Brocky used to. I mean, Brocky had some just phenomenal highlight goals, but it just it just feels like there's something there about he just you know the easy ones he doesn't seem to be able to put away. Yeah, he, he does get himself in some very good positions. I think maybe a month ago we talked about how somehow he gets in behind, but he doesn't seem to have a particularly great pace, but manages to use his body 
Um, and this is another chance where Payne has put a, a ball in behind and he's got on the end of it by sort of blocking off the runners. And it's, it's happened a couple other times. I can't, was it, is it Adelaide? Was it Adelaide, that first Adelaide goal where I think he did the same thing in the first yeah, minute? Where he where scored. He, yeah, it's from Payne yeah. as well, playing that, you know, and, um, you know, he's done, done the exact same chart, you know, same thing again. But obviously, scuffed a shot. Which... Yeah, he is exceptional with the, as Dave, Dave said, his work rate's really, really solid, and his ability to use his body is really good. Um, it's but you don't anticipate that he's going to use his body to basically get on the goal side of the defender from thirty yards out and try and run it all the way there. Um, he got away with it the first time. I'm not sure if he's going to score too many like that uh, without getting butchered down. Um, there were a few other little. Uh, opportunities um but they weren't they weren't great oh there was the pain block obviously that uh timmy Payne put in a nice one i it felt like i i was up until the the goal i was very very concerned that we were just going to get hit on the counter i Miljusnic looked like he didn't have his shooting boots on but he's just as likely to smash it into the top corner as he was into uh, you know out for a throw in yeah he's the kind of like Someone in that kind of upper mold, right? Like plenty of pace can kind of get into dangerous positions, but doesn't produce the goals that you'd expect him to from those positions. Well, he's the um, sort of player that we normally play into form, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Maybe a Bahaja, you know, like a mm. you know, like a pacey, pacey striker, but <clears throat> yeah, or a really poor Soterio or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. So brutal. Yeah. <laughs> now maybe a Western Sydney Soterio, not a not a Phoenix Soterio. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything was kind of um, uh, the I'm struggling to remember when the goal was. It was not till later on. We did. About the um, hour. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, half time. I at, at half time I was kind of feeling happy, but also a bit concerned that. Um, one that we dominated possession, so that made me feel a little better. But the fact that we hadn't put them away, it was it felt like one of those sorts of games that could just get absolutely punched. How did you guys feel at halftime? Yeah, I think I think the same. I think it was one of those interesting ones where, even though we were you know dominant for quite long periods, I don't know that I would say we dominated the game. Um, and I was feeling a bit like that at halftime. You know, there was that period to to kind of open things off the first kind of 10 minutes where they had a lot of chances and looked like they really could cut us open. And that always worries me because that is often how Phoenix sides, you know, end up losing a game as a bad five, mm-hmm. 10 minute window. You know, it doesn't matter how much of the ball you've got if we're not doing much with it. I think I think when Dale was talking about kind of playing quite U-shaped, you know, we had a lot of the ball, but it was not in the best areas. We were having to kind of work it around a lot to try and hope something opened up and it wasn't quite happening for us. And at the same time, we were, you know, blocking shots and and offside goals getting disallowed at the other end. So it was one of those games that honestly at halftime, I thought, shit, this could still go either way. Um, you know, I think I think we probably should win it, but whether or not we will was a total coin toss for me at the at this point still. Um, do you think that Dale's right that it was that it was missing Crive that really gave us the lack of incision through the middle, or was this Brisbane, or was it a combination of both? Well, of course I'm right, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Dale's going to answer the question about whether or not he agrees with Dale. I can just yeah. see him. Well, I, I thought probably one of our 
better players I thought was actually Jan Sass. I thought he got on the ball and actually sort of drove at some players yeah. and, and, and had a bit of urgency about him. And I think Crave does that as well. He runs at a few more players. He's got a few more tricks. And I think those players in those games creates a bit more kind of panic in a defensive line rather than you kind of, you know, David Ball grafter type yeah. type player. And even Ben Old when he came on as well. Also, you know, one who likes to take on players that I think we just really struggled to kind of break them down. Um, I mean, I watched the I watched the game on replay, so I knew the knew the results. So sort of my my view at halftime is probably quite tainted. I don't know what was what was good to come, but it definitely looked like we were pretty comfortable. But yeah, the the prospect of getting hit in the counter would seemed quite quite high, particularly without sort of Wooten mm-hmm. there. Mm. Uh, there was an early sub, uh, Rufa coming off for Ugarkovic and uh, Sass coming off for Old. Um, I I thought Old, he's not as good as he has been, but he's certainly starting to maybe find his straps a little more this season. Hasn't got a whole lot of minutes, but... Well, he has, he has been injured. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's had that hernia injury. It's pretty hard. To, but still, even before that, he looked like he was... He was struggling for finding his feet again, or maybe it was you know second season blues. I'm not sure, but he, he it looked like he fitted in a lot better than he has previously this season. I kind of disagree, actually. I think he's been finding his feet quite well. Um, I think perhaps if he's been off the pace, it's because he's been hampered by that injury, by that hernia, and uh, he now that he's back from that, you may see him able to fully engage again. Quite the uh, verb when you're talking about a hernia, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I honestly thought these subs, we looked much better after. I mean, it wasn't that we looked bad prior to this, but something, there just looked to be a bit more spark in there. I think um, Yugakovic is a big part of that. Like, just his composure on the ball and his ability to break up play going back the other way, just, it, it's so good in terms of just how much kind of composure it brings to the entire the entire team um knowing that you've got that guy who's going to break it up if there is a turnover but also a guy who's going to you know get a foot on the ball get his head up and make a good pass you know keep the ball retain that possession all that kind of stuff just looks better to me when he's on the park um and that's not to say that it wasn't looking decent before that but it just felt um it felt like it kind of settled things a little um for me once he came on yeah, it felt. Um, I, I noticed he he was getting further up the pitch than Rufa, he, even though he was still breaking up the players. Obviously, Rufa's not used to being quite on the as much on the offensive as this with the the bus park. But I, I noticed he was way more willing to get up, get his foot on the ball, and and look to look to um, uh, contribute. Whereas that's not really Rufa's style. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a pretty tidy we sub. Um, it wasn't long after that. Obviously, uh, the deadlock was broken. Um, a, a tasty wee cross with a whole lot of whip to that back post, and Zawada's drifted in behind his defender, who has not been paying attention as he should, uh, and gotten a nice free header at that back post. How yeah. tasty was that cross? The, t- the cross is great, but Zawada should never have won that header. No, he should Connor, Connor Chapman just stands there. Yeah, that's horrendous oh. defending. He should be fined at the end of the game. Usually I'm like, you know, defenders 
get a bad rap because their mistakes do get punished quite severely a lot of the time. But in this situation, the man needs a word because that was yeah. that was awful. I, I genuinely think he doesn't realise he's there. I think he, he just has no idea there's a man behind him. Now, obviously, part of that's on him. Part of that might be he should have got a call. But either way, I, I just genuinely think he doesn't know there's a man there. Yeah. No he, idea. He, he definitely didn't. But he was also like, that's too too close to my back post. I don't want to touch it in case I nod it in. Yep. Um, I'm not going to call it a one-header because I think it was completely uncontested. He had no freaking idea that anything was happening. Um, I don't know. Tidy finish, though. You know, heads it down, finishes it well. You know, if, if the defender's going to give you that chance, you've got to put it away, and he does. Yeah, to be fair, uh, with those ones, I, I, you've seen a few of them miss because someone's worried about not running into the post, right? They just don't want to clatter themselves and knock themselves silly. And well, and and just general A League. I mean, we've seen some <laughs> open goals absolutely butchered many, many times. This this one was rife for managing to hit it over the bar or something, you know. But luckily, he puts it away. Yep. Um. We uh, we've got to say, uh, I, I come back to that cross. If you can put that sort of cross in the box, that much that much whip on it, and that pacey. It's going to create problems. Uh, the the crosses that we've seen, you know, where they've drifted in, it's too easy for a defence. But that was that had some menace on it. Uh, but like Dave said, you got to put them in, and uh, he did. Um, I I felt like it was a bit more. There was a bit more to and fro. Brisbane realised they had to open up a bit, and um, so a bit more opportunities both ways after this. Is that the- yeah, well, I mean, they put, they put a couple of more players up front, didn't they, um, Brisbane? And I think we kind of reacted reasonably soon after to put Sermon at the back to give us a bit another number back there. Um, so it ended up being kind of a little bit of a lopsided game in terms of players on the pitch, I suppose. Uh, I, I, that was about the time I thought that maybe Scott Neville should have uh, had a little seat because he was being absolute prick. He'd already got a yellow early doors. And I can't remember exactly what he did, but it was... And nailed on yellow, and the ref was just like, nah, that's fine. It's just a foul. Someone mentioned uh, Ollie Sale making a very good save right at the beginning. He also made one right towards the end. Um, is it Knowles, the young fellow they put up front for Brisbane, who, yeah, managed to chest the ball down, facing away from goal, and with, I think, Tim Payne or Josh Laws sitting right on him, and he's managed to turn and uh, crack a bit of a volley away, and Ollie's made a fantastic save. Um, heart and mouth stuff. Yeah, it was a Finn Sermon, I think it was, um, who was marking him. Uh, and um, it didn't really put on any kind of block on the shot. He kind of just like, just kind of watched him, waved him through. Tim Payne kind of turned around because it had gone past him and he sort of, he got a leg out. But like, it's kind of disappointing to see Sermon kind of just not put any, any kind of block on. Yeah, I can kind of see his perspective. He's thinking, don't, Put your leg out. Don't, don't catch him. You know, give away a penalty here. I mean, I, would you have anticipated anyone pulling that move? It was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think we're probably a bit lucky that we um we have Ollie and Goal. To be honest, I mean, you only need to look yep. at the last couple of weeks to think. You know, six points could have been zero points. So. Um, <laughs> you're going to have chances against you and you expect your keeper to do their job. But I think Ollie's been doing particularly well. And this is another good example of him making a save that, you know, it's, it's probably 50, 50 that a league keepers save stuff like this. So 
um, I think we're a bit bit lucky he's there and he's certainly earning his um earning his money. He seems to be having an absolute blast at the moment. And notice that he's just he's literally making these saves and then just laughing, just as though this is this is fun time in um in a an amusement park or something. That's the kind of guy he is though, you know? A bit bit crazy Unhinged. like all keepers, yeah. No, he's just enjoying his football, mate, and it shows. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it probably doesn't hurt the uh, the self perspective if you're making saves like that that he's made in the last couple of weeks. Now, sure, probably helps his chance of getting a European contract at the end of the season as well. But you can just yeah. shut up, Cameron. Yeah, well, that's the worst <laughs> part, right? Like he's having a blinder of a season, and you know he probably was already on the watch list of some scouts overseas, and a season like this is only going to make that more of a reality. So I think. There's got to be a strong, strong challenge to keep him um, after the season. Yeah, if the clubs have seen Ben Wayne, you know they've definitely seen Ollie at the same time. So yeah, yeah. Oh, to be to be fair, I think Ben Wayne uh, is a lot to do with his agent uh, touting him around. He has been working quite hard, from what I what I gather, uh, and he's already renowned for that. Um, speaking of uh, some strong challenges. Um, Certainly, uh, Oscar Van Hattem, when he's hustling towards the end, has um, uh, made a bit of a challenge on. I th- was it Josh Brindle South? The Terminator? I, I don't think he was on it, involved with it at all. I think it was. Uh, who's the English centre back that they've got? Aldred. Aldred. Aldred, that's it. It was Aldred and then and gave it what for, as did Scott Neville and. Uh, I noticed Rufa grabbed the Shermanator and just dragged him away. <laughs> and they they had a bit of a chat. Well, I think I think this all comes from Neville, doesn't it? He he oh, gets tackled a little a... off the ball. He runs in there, sparks some shit, and then is immediately out of the scene, leaving everyone else to deal with it. But if you see, like, if you watch the the kind of wide angle again, he's straight in there. And he pushes. starts the push and shove yeah. and then immediately is out of there and over talking to the ref and shaking his hand. Like within moments, everyone else is still rushing in and Neville started it and left the scene before anything happens. It's it's kind of amazing how well he does that for how much shit he sparks out of it. That's what we call excellent shithousery. It's very well done. I, 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 I live for that stuff. It's It's excellent. He was on a yellow card though, and like, yeah. and he pushed. Absolutely, old, uh, no, Van had him over. Um, I'm, yeah. some, I'm a little bit surprised he didn't pick up another. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, I think if full time hadn't been blown, he probably would have. I mean, he could still get one afterwards, but I think yeah. probably at that stage, we're just like, yeah, whatever. Sure, but can't they retrospective give something on that? No, no, no. it's just a second. Match yellow. review panel can't do anything to do with um, yellows. Yeah, I, I was a bit disappointed the ref didn't do something, considering how it blew up afterwards, because that. You know, that sort of stupidity can really ruin a pretty pretty decent game of football that was only slightly testy, which in the A-League's not bad. Well, and given given the situation with Phoenix teams and red cards for re- retaliations recently, I do think you Ooh. want to be cracking down on players who are starting that shit, right? Like, this, this is a situation that could have escalated into some sort of retaliation. Now, obviously... You don't want to tell your players to retaliate, and they shouldn't do. And in this scenario, arguably they didn't, but the original offender gets off scot-free. Um, can you just segue that retaliation bit uh, for later on in our conversation? I feel mm. like it may may be relevant. Um, the good news out of all of this, apart from the fact that we didn't get any more red cards and uh, we should have Mr. Pennington and Mr. Cryev back next week, is that catapults us into fourth place. Uh, on points difference over um, 
Oh, and goal difference rather over MacArthur, but still we'll take it. And uh, drops Brisbane down to seventh. Um, that's a pretty decent result, those two games. Six points makes all the difference when it's this tight, with the exception of Melbourne City. Yeah, and it shows um, how important next well, this weekend's game against Central Coast is, um, because I guess if we if we lose that, then we start getting clogged back into that middle pack again. If we win it, we sort of bounce a little bit clear of some of them, because I know uh, MacArthur play Adelaide, so that's fifth and sixth below us are playing each other, so that's always good to ideally be a draw. Um, and, and if we... Yeah, so if we win, we might kick kick again, you know, two or three points ahead. Well, looking at this, um, the run up we've got in the next few games, uh, we've got Mariners at home, Glory at home, Victory away, Macarthur away. You pick up points against Mariners. You're hoping you're going to p- pick up good points against the next three. Then Western United, then Mariners, Jets, Sydney, Adelaide, uh, Victory, City. So. If if we go based on current form, you've got to be thinking we're picking up a good set of points from the next five or six games, and that sets us in good stead for the end of the season. Yeah, well, we haven't exa- exactly had a great record against Citra Coast in the last couple of years, um, so that does make me a little nervous. Uh, but those other games are very seem all very winnable, even the away games. Um, you know, Amy Park and Victory at Amy Park is not going to be the same because obviously they're going to have um, some crowd restrictions as well, so it won't be as daunting as it has been. Well, and they haven't been playing well. Well, yeah, yes. That's what I was going with, but, you know. Um, the uh, crowd restrictions uh, are official, but from what I gather that um, there's a certain groups that are just going to ignore them, um, whether they get away with that or whether the police take a dim view of that is a, another question, I guess. I mean, it's it, the sanctions like they've put in place are always going to be hard to enforce, right? So that's not a surprise that there's going to be some pushback. I mean, you know, trying to say you can't have the fever zone at Westpac Stadium would surely mean we all just move around a couple of aisles and all try and do what we do normally, right? So mm. I can see why it's going to be hard to police that, but it is still going to have some impact on um, on proceedings. I did enjoy. Was it was it Adelaide they played this week? Um, there was there was a squared off area that would have been the um, the travelling fans, and Adelaide went and put some banners on the black tarp that had been spread out over the bay, which I thought was quite funny. Oh, beautiful! It's like trolling. just maximum troll level. What were the banners like? Adelaide supporter banners. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a big black tarp over the over the bay that wasn't allowed to be sat in, and yeah. Adelaide supporters went and put, yeah, I don't know exactly what banner it was, but, you know, the equivalent for the Red Army banner or whatever just went and hung it there instead. Excellent. Yeah. Do you think Excellent. Do you think the Phoenix will bother tarping off their way section when Victory play here? <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> Quite a big just, tarp needed, isn't it? Yeah. Don't you just get a garbage bag and put it over the one seat? Yeah. I mean, I suppose they have to because there will be a few Melbourne people here, right? Like, they won't necessarily be travelling victory fans but you do get a few Aussies who live here who turn up to those games particularly the the Sydney's or the victories um so there'll probably be a few people who want to go sit there and technically they're not allowed to so I think they'll have to do something but it will be a a pointless show that's for sure Hmm. um the uh, onto the Mariners game um just to completely get off that topic uh as Dale said we haven't had a good run against them but they are in a 
hot run of form. They've won four of their last five. The only loss they've suffered has been a 1-0 loss to City. That's a bit of a hot streak. Yep, 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 definitely. They have um, jumped up to second. They're now on 22 points, four points behind City. City have one game in hand, though. So, yeah, you've got to be thinking that They've obviously figured out how to how to get how to get goals and how to get wins because that's that I that last five matches has been a golden run for them. Oh, and that they have the most goals scored, um, goal difference of plus eleven. You know, there's that I think they're just playing with some consistency there. You know, I think that's the big factor for them. Uh, lots of the other teams have been quite up and down. You know, we've certainly had shocking weeks, whereas I think the the Mariners have just been putting out the same football every week. Mm. Yeah, they don't. They don't tend to draw many, do they? Seven wins, one draw, four losses. So, I guess three points are happening one way or the other by the by the look of this. Yeah, and you expect quite a few goals, uh, wouldn't you as well? Yep. Uh, obviously, there's no uh, Kuol's gone already, isn't he? He's playing for Hearts or something, I believe. Yeah. 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 I mean, look at looking at the the previous time we played them this season. We outplayed them for 80 minutes, and they play, They were on top for 10 and scored twice to make it a two-all draw. We should have won that game. There was, again, a game that we've lost points from from winning position. Um, if we play a 90-minute game, I can see us winning this, no matter the tier that they're on at the moment. I think we uh, have the potential to be the better side. Hmm. Um, so as far as the side that... Uh, starts the next game? Is it basically Wooten and Cryobin? Well, if Wooten's available, um, Kafti's a... Is it a tear or is it just a niggle? Well, I don't think we've got any any evidence either way, but uh, yeah, I'm not convinced it's it's just going to be the one week, so... Yep, that's fair. Um, but if he is available, we're not anticipating anything other than that? I wouldn't think so. No. Um, so uh, that game I am looking at the twenty second at three pm. The um, one of the double header games. Uh, we should get on to the uh, women's game unless we've got anything further. Uh, playing Perth. Um, I did not see this gents, but I was following it merrily on the socials. Merrily is that the right word? No, it really wasn't. There was me just sitting there going, oh, my Jesus, and then, oh, my Jesus, again. Um, not the best start, lads. It wasn't It wasn't the best watch, to be honest. It, it, um, it was um, my, my enduring positivity is really struggling to describe this game in a way that I'm comfortable describing it. It certainly wasn't a performance I would watch again. Um, there's not a lot of positive we can take from that. Can I be completely blunt? I have been struggling to watch the Wahenix play all the season. They have not filled me with the um, the hope that I had last season. Am I being unfair? No. I, I would say, so this game here, uh, I think I would say we struggled to compete. Um, for pretty much the entire game, which that should be a worry. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked early weeks about, you know, maybe some 
some tactical changes that could be made that could could help out. I I, ju- I watched this game and it just it didn't look like tactics. It just looked like we weren't at the same standard. Um, that's how I felt watching this one. I think to be honest, we were lucky it wasn't a bloodbath of a lot more goals because um, those two they did score just easy, way too easy, and they were two nil up in fifteen minutes. And I I think the only positive you could take out of this game for me was that it didn't end up ten nil because. It, you know, after 15 minutes, it looked like it could go that way. I think I think we've got some some uh, Brianna Edwards magic to to thank for that because she yeah she made some excellent saves in that in what was a very trying match. Yeah, we should we should add that this Perth team um, they're not exactly high flying either. They're sitting currently eighth uh, with just a couple of wins on nine points. This is not the best side we're going to play this season or even close to is that more worrying well i think we've actually already played the best sides we're going to play this season mate we've already played city we've already played the western united we've already played the teams that are going to finish towards the top of the league um it's getting into the games against the perths and the newcastles and the western sydneys they're the ones we should be getting the points out of that's where we should be angling to get our results um, so that's why this one would be more concerning. I mean, I don't know how much we put down to, you know, that they've never made this trip before. It might have been, a, it was obviously fairly hot and unwelcoming conditions. The surface was terrible. That pitch was awful. So there are things you can look at and go, these aren't, these aren't, this isn't a perfect place and a perfect situation for us to play football in. But they're professionals. And they need to take those conditions and still put on a performance that matters. You see what I mean? They're, 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 there's certainly there's, there's stuff that they oh, fuck. I don't even know how to refer to this anymore. Eh? It was just it was such a disappointing performance. It's hard to actually put that into words how I feel about that. I think uh, yeah. I think the frustrating bit was the the defensive. Yeah, we've been a bit more sound the last couple of weeks, and I think that kind of just went out the window in the first 20 minutes. And I think a couple of poor decisions, um, mostly by Mackenzie Barry. The first goal, she kind of rushed and got turned, and then I think Brianna was probably could have done better with the shot. Um, and then obviously she was pretty enthusiastic on the the tackle and the, for the penalty as well. Mm. Um, and so once you sort of that, you know, behind so early, it's hard to get out of that, um, particularly we've only scored three goals in seven games before then. I thought at times we looked a bit more dangerous in the attacking third. Like, there's a few crosses that were uh, there was one in the, maybe the late in the first half that was just over the top of, uh, I think, Lancaster. There was another one, I think, in the second half that she tried to kind of thigh over, try thigh into the goal, but went over Makata Foster, Foster hit the crossbar twice. Twice, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, we looked a little bit more attacking, a bit bit better, but I, I suspect some of that is because there was only 10 men or 10 women on the field, and so there's a bit more space as well. But I thought when it went down to 10 v 10, I thought we probably looked a bit better than we had before then. Like, yeah. I, I think we probably... Not, I'm not going to say we can control the game, but I think we were probably quite even with them, I think, for that last hour or so whereas I think up to that 30 minutes it was you know Perth were edging it far more than we were. Um, before we roll on to that uh, what 
arose that 10 v 10 situation um there there was no betsy hassett uh but kate taylor and uh paige satchel came back in um how did we think they went i mean and i'll jump onto the the hassett question later i thought taylor was fine i mean she didn't seem to make any you know glaring errors that i could i picked out i thought satchel did got some some pretty good positions um, delivered a couple of dangerous crosses, so I think probably one of her maybe slightly more dangerous games. But like I say, it's hard to sort of work out whether that was the opposition or the fewer players on the field that contributed to that. Um, with Mackenzie Barry in her um, errors early on, do you think that this might have been just a combination issue? She hasn't played with Taylor all season, or certainly not for a goodly part of it. Well, no, they, they played together at the start of the season, the first few games before Taylor got injured. So, no, it's it's not that. I, just, I think she's had, just had a bad game. I think that's all we can put it down to. She's been a bit off. And, um, yeah, even the, the extra space, which expedited those issues that we had, didn't really change everything for her. Hmm. Well, it's just that um, she's been one of the um, better performers so far this season. So yeah, man, she's a, she's a proper defender. Eh? She'll put her body on the line. She'll throw herself into everything. There's no issues there. She's going to get plenty of bumps and bruises. But no, honestly, mm-hmm. man, I just think this game she was just off. And people do have off games, yep. you know. Yep. Yeah, you can you can put it kind of down to maybe bad luck to some extent, but it's it certainly seems to be a pattern for this team that kind of our bad moments are culminating at the worst possible times and our good moments are at kind of the worst possible times as well. You know, you look at that game we played against City and we, if we put out the performance that we put out for a lot of that game against pretty much any other side, you probably come away with three points, but you put out that best performance against the best team and it got you nothing. And then when we play the sides that should be pretty beatable, we're making silly mistakes and playing down to their level. And it's, you know, we just need to find a way to flip that so that we're actually putting all the good stuff together in, in patches against the teams we can get three points out of. You know, obviously you want to get fired up, you're playing a Melbourne City who are going to be a tough team to beat or whatever. But we also need to get really fired up for games like this Perth game. And instead, we seem to hit the run of luck where we've biffed two in in the first 15 instead of, you know, getting to the hour mark, still well in the game, still competing, and, you know, maybe having a chance at nicking it. And that's got to be tough from a motivation standpoint where you've gone out there to try and motivate up for this is a winnable game, let's get points here. And 15 minutes in, that's basically gone. It's now how do we staunch the bleeding? Is that possibly the reason that these are winnable and that that's just the extra pressure? Could well be, could well be, but they need to figure out what that is that's causing that. And, you know, I, I like I say, you could put it down to bad luck, but I think it's happening often enough now. Yeah. You can't just say it's luck. You know, there's something there that we've got to, you know, that coaching staff or even the playing group, the, the leaders amongst that need to unlock what's causing that and, and, you know, find a way to put out some good performances against some beatable teams because we do see those flashes of how it could come together and it and it could score some goals you know we create chances we do good stuff but three goals in seven games ain't going to get it done you know and certainly speaking of flashes uh, the 35 minute mark there was a bit of a flash in that midfield uh Rollo and Master Antonio uh coming together um I've really only seen the replay of this but uh it 
it picks up with uh, Rolo kneeling over the ball, Mastrantonio giving it a bit of a, a kick out uh, to free that ball up, uh, Rolo taking offence, Mastrantonio putting hands on, giving it the ponytail a bit of a tweak, and uh, Rolo reacting. Um, this looked like a bad case of not keeping your head for both um, players. Yeah, white line mist really descended there, didn't it? Um, I um, I want to. I don't think Master Antonio's gone in with the with the thoughts of hurting Rolo. You know, right. she's. I think she's genuinely. I mean, she's she's made a bad decision. I'm not going to not going to argue that she shouldn't have done what she'd wanted to. But you know, the the competitive people, the white line mist descends, and you just go and try and get the ball. And I generally think she was probably trying to think of trying to get the ball out, but she's made a bad decision and ended up, you know, kicking Rollo. And that there is definitely a foul there and probably a yellow card in the actions that she's taken. Yeah. Beyond that point, they've both just lost their heads. They've both made some very, very poor decisions. Um, and again, you know, hard to know why what they were thinking at the time, but they probably weren't. They were probably just in the heat of the moment of what they were doing within the game, and this and they've reacted that way because of the situation. So, yeah, it's um, it's not it's not great, uh, but we see the same thing happen in football all over the place. So, yeah, I think that's right. I think I think I can kind of be forgiving of the first kick, but there's two clear kicks. And the second one is just unforgivable. That's when you've you've started flirting with an orange card, and then the fact that you kind of keep it going after that with with both players massively overreacting. Um, I mean, for me, it's just you know there were people on on Twitter going, "How is these? How is this red card?" And I was like, well, "What have you watched? Like, she kicks her twice. She pulls it towards her. Uh, Rolo obviously throws a what people are calling a jab. I think that might be a little harsh, but you know, she certainly." Certainly deserves her red, and I think the red the other way is an easy call as well. It's it's just two people doing dumb things, and both of them deserve to go. And I think the match review panel rightly has given them both more than one week. They've gone, yeah, that was not okay. Yeah, I, I think it's basically a shove, an open hand shove, but it just went near the throat, like just like Nick, Nicholas Pennington, really. Yeah. Oh, and it certainly makes contact with the head or face as well, yeah. which is what the rule is. It's the you know, there's a there's a if it's negligible, it can be ignored, but anything that's remotely resembling a strike to the head or face is straight red card. Certainly, certainly meets that threshold. Yeah, I don't think there's I don't think there's any argument here from any of the uh, the reds. There's no argument against any of the length of bands. I think the right decision was made on the field, and the right decision has been made in the judiciary room. And I think we should we can move on from those decisions and just go, yep, that's good. That's good officiating. So yeah, it's um it's it's funny the the Perth player trying to plead innocence in this whole thing. Oh yeah, ridiculous. After like giving the what me like, and then on Twitter as well saying, oh, all I did was uh, try brace myself from falling backwards, and I was like, quite clearly you've gra- grabbed her around from okay. from the back of the neck and dragged her towards you while you're standing still, yeah. causing a yeah. kind of semi sort of headbutt kind of cl- where a head, her head, uh, Rollo's head into her sort of chest area. No, it's it's just dumb. Like obviously. There's some other social media stuff there. I don't know if we're going to talk about that. But yeah, as you say, pleading ignorance and, and innocence to the whole situation and then picking up the larger of the two bands. I mean, come on. You you were not covering yourself in glory there. That's just absolute nonsense. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, certainly for instigating it, I'd, I would much prefer uh, Master Antonio getting a, a longer uh, 
sit down and she certainly has. Um, yeah, I was going to leave that other social media on the wayside because it's just it's just crap work by people that I don't really care about, to be fair. Agreed. Um, so uh, we have uh, the game coming up against Canberra in the second of that double the doubleheader. Uh, Betsy Hassett apparently will be back. Uh, obviously, Brianna uh, won't be there. Rolo definitely won't be there for a little while. Uh, what was it, a two-week uh, stand-down? And yep, Mastron yep. getting three. Uh, Wisniewski and Mackenzie Barry obviously off. Uh, oh, and Paige Satchel off with the Ferns. So this is going to be a hell of an effort to get uh, people in jerseys, isn't it? Yeah, well... Um... I think the first question is who's going to start in goal because mm. Lily was meant to be with the Ferns and apparently has has all back. So um, that's why Brownie Edwards has been caught up. So I expect Candy's going to start and maybe Lily will be on the bench just in case for emergency. I've got, I got, su- got a suggestion. Um, oh, actually, it wouldn't be Lily on the bench if she's still injured. They'll put Kate La- uh, Charlotte Lancaster in a keeper's jersey again, um, like they did last season. Um, I think, I think it's possible. I don't know if this is going to happen or this that case not, but I think it's possible with the Ferns playing on the Saturday afternoon. If Brianna Edwards doesn't play, that she flies home that night or Sunday morning and plays for the Knicks on Sunday. Yeah, that wouldn't be fun, but. No, it wouldn't. But I just like not that I think we lose anything with uh, Candy playing because I think Candy's a very, very good keeper. She gives great photo diving all over the place. It's great in training. But I think she would be an excellent addition to the team and uh, deserves an opportunity. And I hope she gets it and I hope she takes it with both hands if it does come. But I do think it's possible that Brianna comes back if she doesn't play for the Ferns. I appreciate rampant speculation. It makes the pod all a much better, Cam. Decision of uh, who to play is a bit bit tougher in the midfield, especially um, obviously with uh, Rolo, Wisniewski, uh, Mackenzie Barry, and Paige Satchel all out with the Ferns. Um, I'm not sure if uh, what's happening. Uh, has it's back? Is she? Uh, Betsy has it's playing on the Wednesday game for the Ferns, but yep. she will be available for the Knicks on the Sunday. Mm. Well, that that only plugs kind of one hole of at least two or three and through that centre. Well, I think we'll, uh, Isabel, Go- Isabel Gomez is, go- oh, geez, can't even word. Isabel Gomez is back. Um, and I think her, Chloe Knott and Betsy Hassett will probably uh, make up the starting midfield uh, going off the current formations and squad. Uh, hopefully, Alyssa Wynnum is back. We talked about that. Um, if if she's back, back and available, there's a lot of creativity within her as well. Mm. So I think that'll make a bit of a difference. Um, I just haven't seen Wynnum for so long. I'm just, I, I'm not sure when she will be back is the problem. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's fair. So I don't, I don't know. Obviously, she's had some fairly uh, important family stuff, personal reasons, whatever it was that uh, drove her, uh, like she left for. Um, so hopefully she's um, uh, she can come back and everything's sorted. But... Mm. But without her, there's still getting. It's tough enough to get starting players on, let alone you know filling out a bench. We're going to struggle at ten. I think we're going to struggle at struggle at ten there. Obviously, Avery will play up top. I think uh, Michaela uh, will play on one side. Not entirely sure who will play on the other side. Um, I don't think we have too much uh, trouble with 
uh, if Kate Taylor is uh, fit, I'm pretty sure she'll start at centre-back, probably next to Marissa van der Meer, and you'll probably play Michaela Foster on one side and Claudia Chico on the other side. That, that makes sense to me. Like I, I can see how the rest of that team fills out. It's just that other wide, wide, uh, wide striker spot that would usually be taken up by Paige Satchel. Um, that I can't, I can't quite figure out who we're going to slide into there. We, we were without Satchel for the game prior. But we did have Ralston. Yes, true. So it is going to be problematic. Uh, Canberra uh, have not uh, covered themselves in glory uh, as yet, sitting on sixth, but still a long way ahead of us. Um, rather uniquely, a, quite a reasonable uh, goal difference, positive goal difference for them, plus three. So they've been. it seems that when they lose, they lose by more than one. And then when they win, they're winning. They are missing Grace Jarley, and I think that's going to be quite a level because she is definitely a quality player in this league. She's uh, She was outstanding for us last season. I think she's been outstanding for Canberra this season as well. So, yeah, I think um, hmm. with with because she's with the Ferns, I think there's – I'm pretty sure she's still with the Ferns on the Saturday. I don't think she'll be playing on the Sunday. Well, yeah, it's, it's... – Always good when we can take out one of the opposition. Uh, yeah, uh, I just decided to go and have a look at her stats, and she's uh, certainly recording good numbers from from the metrics, uh, as Dale likes to um, peruse through. I thought I'd try and keep up with them. Um, the uh, this next game, obviously, is he says having to look it up is the five o'clock game. That's no, early. It's the early one, is it? Yeah, twelve o'clock, twelve twenty. I think is the kickoff time. Oh, that is, that is, well, that's obviously the end of that because my phone's just died. So um, uh, I'll take your word, 12.20 for the Wahenix and then the three o'clock game for the um, the men's team. Uh, how do we feel about these results? What do we think is going to happen? Uh, we'll start with the women's game first. I think it's going to be a one-all or nil-all draw. Um, I think we get a point out of this purely because Canberra loses their creativity with Jale not being there. Um, and I think the men get up 2-1. 2-1 because we're scoring goals, but we're struggling to keep clean sheets. And whilst we've done it in the previous two games, you know, that's they were due, we still have been conceding quite regularly. Dale, any differing opinions? Yeah, I'm not as optimistic as Cam, let's put it that way. About either game or... Uh... Yeah. You're going to lose both? I think so. I've got a bad feeling about Central Coast. Yeah. I... To be fair, we don't have a great record against them in general, do we? When back, Even going back to the Arnie days, they were they were good and we would always struggle against them. Yeah. I, I, I try not to read too much into those ye oldie days because it's not the same team. It might be the same jerseys that they're wearing, but it's it's not even close. The turnover in A-League just, you know, year to year, it's um, pretty substantial. Um the uh, women's game, I, I I, wish I could say otherwise, but I don't think we've got a fighting chance in hell. Um, missing all those players and up against a team that, that can score. Yeah, they're missing Jale, but let's be honest, that's only one player. We're missing a whole lot and in positions that are close to each other. The the men's game, it's touch and go. I'm, I'm worried if it, if it is the Central Coast hoodoo or... You know, we've got some decent form and I'm hoping 
that we could turn around. I could see this basically being a 2-1 game in either direction. As Cam says, we will concede at least one. Mm. It's just a question of whether we concede more than one. Uh, I feel like Cummings, uh, I think he's got a bit of a taste against us. So, yeah. Interesting you refer to him as Cummings. I like that. Well, yeah, (laughs) because his nickname is just unappropriate. Yeah. It's just, I'm an old man and I don't call people that. Uh, I think that probably is the end of this anyway. Um, Like my phone, I'm feeling a bit knackered and I would like to go to bed as well. Uh, Just remember the double header kicking off at 12.20 for the women's game and 3pm for the men's. Obviously there's football ferns on uh, Wednesday if this gets out before that at 4pm or 4.05 I believe. Um, Get along to as much as you can because it'll all be good footy because it's here. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Yeah.